hey, this is alt-right already. Over this week, we've seen an unprecedented amount of protests as the alt-right has really come into the mainstream consciousness of the American public uh, in a way they really haven't so far. They've mainly been an online phenomenon. But since the death of Heather Heyer uh, in Charlottesville, uh, there have been a number of protests, including those uh, in Virginia and around Trump Tower in New York. You can hear now what it was like being blocks away from Trump Tower, standing on Fifth Avenue as a throng of New Yorkers got together and told Donald Trump as he arrived in his car that New York hated him. I mean, really, not since the Women's March back in January and the March for Science have we seen such a public and energetic repudiation of the Trump administration with such energy out on the streets and with such volumes of people. Um, it's really, even just in the news media, it's been a week where flipping through the channels, the only figures you can really see defending Trump after it took him two days to repudiate white supremacy after which he took back his comments to suggest that there was violence on both sides. Really flipping through the channels, the only people you can find defending him are people like Sean Hannity or Laura Ingraham or uh, the former governor of Arizona, Jan Brewer. It's not exactly a deep bench of people coming to his aid. Even figures within the Republican Party establishment like Mitt Romney and Ted Cruz are calling on Donald Trump and suggesting that his leadership is faltering. And that's why I was surprised by this next bit. Um, earlier this week, I went out to periscope the protests at Trump Tower, and I was curious to see the sorts of people that were attracted and who you know, was really taking a stand for this issue, for opposition against white supremacy and identitarianism, or whatever they want to call themselves. Sunday and Monday, the protests were really incredible. Just people from all over, whether they were teenagers in high school or old ladies who just left their apartment and brought a cardboard box to make a sign out of. It was just a lot of people coming together, chanting, playing bongo drums or whatever to just preach their message of inclusiveness. But this is what I was surprised about. Tuesday night, around, I don't know, 6, 6.30 p.m., before a whole lot of people had accumulated to join back in the chanting that had been going on on Monday and Sunday, uh, out around Fifth Avenue, there were a handful of Trump supporters there. Even after the president they supported had sent some seriously mixed signals regarding his support of white extremist groups, they were there to show that they still supported their man and that this whole thing, in their opinion, was just being blown out of proportion. When I first uh, went over to approach them and talk to them, uh, one of them was embroiled in a bit of an argument. Uh, he was wearing a Trump hat and someone had taken issue with it and they were in the midst of really debating their sides. It got a little bit nasty. I know they don't have to, but they did out of a Do you feel like you've been 
verbally assaulted by people? No, but I saw you verbally assaulting other people. Really? And I don't Where's fucking see you. There's scars. I've been assaulted. Verbally, dummy. You're such a That's what I'm idiot. saying. If you're verbally assaulted, it's not really an assault. It is too. You, right. you can give me the finger. You can call me a Nazi. And I, I can give a damn you a less. Nazi. I did give you both fingers, and I'm just telling your yes. fingers, which is the reason why nobody wants really to touch stupid. a nasty woman. He doesn't know how to make me. You're a nasty woman. That's it. If you couldn't tell from the nasty woman comment, the man speaking in that clip was the Trump supporter. He was fairly tall, about, I'd say, six feet tall, and uh, he had a Make America Great hat on and a couple bandages on his face where it looked like he might have had some scars. He was standing with a black girl also wearing a Make America Great hat on, a bit more on the shorter side, and an older woman, um, grayer hair, maybe five, five and a half feet tall. I interrupted the shouting match that he was in to get a sense of what he was doing there and what he thought about the violence that had occurred over the weekend and where the alt-right and Donald Trump supporters at large stand in this mess. That one guy does not speak for the right. Okay, the one guy who uh, currently, allegedly was driving the vehicle, you mean? Yeah, after they bashed his windshield and they, sm they whatever, they smashed his, you can clearly hear them bashing his car. The guy panics and did the stupidest thing he could ever do. It's not like he just accelerated through the street and slammed into them. They show a video like that, by the way. Yeah, I've seen a lot of different videos. The ones, I mean, I might have to personally disagree with you. I feel that in the videos I've seen, I do see him speed. And then following the collision, I do see baseball bats hit the car. But it might be, I might be seeing a different video than you. I mean, but you, if I were to get your opinion again, what's your, how do you feel about him as a representative of the alt-right or not a representative of the alt-right? No, there are representatives of the alt-right that are not representatives of Trump. I hope you know that right now. Yeah, I think that's an interesting debate to yeah. have. Yeah, so, you know, there are people that are on the right that are not for Trump. You know, we, I, I have different names for them. Rhinos, conservatives, yeah. some alt-right. So, yeah, guys are just I don't feel like I exactly got anywhere with this guy. We fundamentally disagreed about what the video showed and the motivations behind the driver who drove straight into a crowd, ultimately killing Heather Heyer. But I felt like I did learn something interesting from this next person I spoke with. She was, I think, she has to be the first black Trump supporter I've ever met or spoken with she didn't want to provide her real name, but she did answer a couple of my questions about how she found herself where she is today, standing on Fifth Avenue, supporting Donald Trump. Uh, I guess, I guess I'll call myself Miss J. Okay, Miss J. Okay, I'd love to hear uh, what your experience has been for this past year and why you're standing here today, you know, wearing a MAGA hat. Yeah, um, well, I, I mean, I kind of lean towards Trump in general. Like, I remember when I was in high school and I saw the first season of The Apprentice. And I, I you know, back then I was like, I was younger, I enjoyed the show. And I kind of forgot. really popular. Yeah. And what was it that you liked about him on The Apprentice? Just that he was, like, in charge? Or did you... 
I mean, yeah, what, what would you say? I just saw him as, I mean, I was a high school senior, so I saw him as this guy who was, like, teaching people how to work in, like, an office, an office setting yeah, in general. Yeah, business skills and... Yeah, but then later, later on, I mean, I forgot about him for a couple of years until last year during the election, and I heard so many people complaining about him, that he's this, he's that, they're cursing him, all crazy stuff, and I'm like, what's going on here? So then I decide, like, instead of, like, just feeding into what they were saying, let me just watch his speeches by myself without any news commentary or commentary from other people. I feel like I've heard this narrative so many times before, in forums like the Donald or other places on the internet, where Trump supporters say, Oh, I used to hate him too, but then I paid attention to how the media was piling on him, and I decided I would shut them out and listen to him myself. I wasn't exactly buying what she was telling me. So I tried to dig a little deeper. Yes, yes, I watched, I watched it online the night before the election, and it was 12 o'clock at night. He just flew in and did, did a speech, like, almost 1 o'clock at night. And you, and it was a busy week, a lot of rallies, I think. Yeah, and I was, like, really impressed by his speech. I mean, it's, it's like, 1 o'clock at night, and he seemed really, like, sincere. You know, like, he came... Is there, is there anything you remember him saying in that rally in particular that struck you, or just his general demeanor? It was his general demeanor, demeanor as well as the, like, um, advocating for jobs, like, bringing jobs back to the U.S., like... Not letting, you know, not letting people send our jobs somewhere else. It all sounded like pretty standard Trump supporter stuff. Keeping jobs in America, liking his enthusiasm. But I was really surprised to hear that she didn't even vote for Donald Trump in the election. I mean, I did not vote for him on on the election. I actually voted third party because I was, like, still struggling. Yeah, I could imagine. Uh, Could I ask who you voted for a third party? Would it have been Jill Stein or Gary Johnson? Oh, I voted for Jill Stein back then because it was just a cop-out. But when I was filling out the ballot, like, right then and there, I I kept on felt, I felt like, like like a direction towards Trump's name, like... But you couldn't make that final leap because of the stigma associated with Trump, maybe? Or how would you how would you phrase it? I might be putting words in your mouth. Yes. No, no, you're right. Like, the stigma and, like, you know, the way people, like, just, you know, like, it's, it gets really nasty. Yeah. So, I mean, I... But then after a while, like, I felt, like, more, like... Like, I don't know, loving towards... Like, you know... What... Yeah, maybe like a honeymoon period after the inauguration or something like that? Or what What would you attribute to you feeling better towards Trump? It was just everything. And I saw how the people were attacking, uh, like attacking him and twisting, like literally twisting his words. And Are there any instances you thought were particularly like heinous in terms of the media getting his words wrong? Yes, when he was recorded on the on the bus talking about, you know, grabbing, grabbing women by the yeah, vagina. Very, very <laughs> I mean, it's so stupid, but you know, like, we have, like, rappers out there making, like, songs about the same exact thing, like, doing, you know, oh, vagina, you know, like, all this weird stuff, and I'm like, you know, and, and I'm like, this is so hypocritical, like, you praise these people and everything, 
But then when it came to Trump, you singled him out and you started attacking him. And in addition to that, you start you start uh, slandering him and saying like he assaulted women, he even raped. And I'm like, what the heck? How can you take like him joking around in the locker room about a consensual act and and making it into something like like he assault like he he committed a felony and the i mean he he literally said when they let you which means it's consensual so i mean that's one thing that's the first thing that i knew um how how i knew that i couldn't trust the media i was listening to and speaking with this girl on a street in new york city but it felt and sounded a lot like i was listening to bill o'reilly or sean hannity talking to me through a TV in my living room. So much of what I heard her say is what I've heard pundits on Fox News say, an apology for Trump and his antics, especially the Access Hollywood bus tape. That's something I don't think can be excused as just locker room talk. But I guess we've fought all these battles already. What I was more interested in hearing about was her opinion on the white supremacist activity in Charlottesville. So I asked her how she felt about the alt-right. Well, I definitely disavow myself from it, and it's a very sad, sad thing. And I agree, I actually agree with Trump. It's on both sides. I mean, on one side, you have the white supremacists, like with their Nazi signs and all this, you know, weird, evil stuff. And then on the other hand, you have Antifa, like... You know, if they're black gear and like, you know, making the situation worse. So, I mean, for me, it's both sides. But then at the same time, there were very peaceful people out there. Um, They were like, they were from the churches and stuff. And I know a lot of people point out that uh, Black Lives Matter, but I think Black Lives Matter is actually more peaceful and they probably were like more so with like the church group not really with antifa i mean you could point out antifa with the black you know that's complicated the conversation felt like it was kind of devolving into the same antifa versus nazi narrative that i've heard thrown around on fox news and in online forums like 4chan and the donald so i really wanted to know how she felt personally about these Confederate statues. Well, for me, I believe it should stay up because it is a part of our shared history, which is, I mean, it's a sad history. Slavery is an evil institution, and it was extremely sad. But at the same time, you can't just erase history and, like, cover it up and... You know, if you do that, it actually, it, it actually is, like, more dangerous. You let evil build up, and it will blow up even more. So, I mean, it's best to leave it there. And and with the statues, I mean, you know, it's like a First Amendment thing, like freedom of speech. Like, why are we taking down statues? Like, we're, like, uh, communist China and stuff. And I mean, like, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm black. I'm, like, I have Spanish black going on. So. an interesting opinion on I guess would be yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very patriotic, so like I support the Constitution, and I get mad when people like try to do like communists, you know, communist stuff. And another, I mean, one thing I want to point out is like what kind of triggers me is that this whole resist movement and the Antifa with 
wanting to overthrow the president, like that's extremely, co- extremely like communistic. Like, that's something you would do, like you know, in a communist country, like overthrow somebody. I mean, he was elected under the constitution, so he has a he has a right to be here. So I didn't exactly agree. I don't think it's communistic to take down a statue. And if these people on the right or in the alt-right are super concerned about preserving their history, there are plenty of museums that would be more than happy to take care of these statues. If anything, the reason that they're being taken down in mass is because these statues have become symbols of white oppression. If Nazis steered clear, they may have a better shot of staying up there. I thank them for their time. I appreciated genuinely being able to speak with them and kind of exchange opinions. But I really didn't feel that I had gotten an answer to the most central question, which was, what did they think that they were accomplishing by standing out on Fifth Avenue as hundreds of New Yorkers gathered to protest against the president? What's your what's your aim? Just to represent Trump here? Represent Trump, represent America, let the people understand on the left, even the right, that we're all American at the end of the day, and if we're not, we want to be. I think that that's a noble goal, but it doesn't feel like one that's possible while Donald Trump is president and defending white supremacists from office. Thanks for listening. If you liked this podcast, you can check out more articles and content at altrightalready.wordpress.com. And you can follow on Twitter at altrightalready.